0: Hello, everybody. Before we jump into today's episode, we have two sponsors we want to say thank you to for supporting this show. The first one is Routine. You guys have heard me talk about Routine, honestly, back from the early days of the podcast, and it's still a product I use every single morning. They have a prompt for me here. I'm going to do a little impromptu on this ad read today because, honestly, this is a product that I truly believe in, and so I'm I'm just going to tell you guys exactly what I think and why. First and foremost, um, this is a stat that they shared, but when you sleep, you lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water. And most of that's just sweating while you sleep. Um, I used to not know if that was actually true, to be honest. I felt like a pound to a pound and a half of water seemed like quite a bit while I slept. But the one thing I did constantly pay attention to when I started using routine was just the fact that before using routine, I always felt a little dehydrated in the morning, and and I'm one of those people that when I get up, I get up really early. Usually, I work out. one of the One of the first things I do is some form of fitness. It's just like what I do before everyone's awake, and so it's very easy for me to grab a coffee, you know, pre workout, an energy drink, something with caffeine in it, and just go. When I am good about using routine first, I basically take they come in these little single serve packets. Um, they contain half an organic lemon. A tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and they have no sugar in them at all. A lot of hydration products are going to have sugar, so one of the things routine, one of the things about routine that I love is that there's no sugar in there. Um, So when I am good about doing this consistently, I will take one of those single serve packets, I'll throw it in my mixer bottle, and whether I also put in a pre workout or something with caffeine, or I just drink that separately, I try to drink that first. And the days I do that, I do genuinely feel hydrated, and just have a different form of clarity all morning. A lot of people have tried to make their own homemade versions of routine, right? You see people making, they take a a shot of the apple cider vinegar and they put a little sea salt, a little lemon in a drink. This is essentially that, but in a product that you can take with you on the go, have it ready for you first thing in the morning. I know me personally, when I'm groggy rolling out of bed, the last thing I want to do is you know, squeeze a lemon, cut lemons up go get the apple cider vinegar, find my sea salt. I just rip this packet open, throw it in my water, drink it, and it's good to go. You can try yours today. If you haven't tried it yet and you've been listening to this podcast for years, just try the damn routine. Give it a shot. You can use code ShaneWhite30 and get 30% off your first order. So You get 30% off by using code ShaneWhite30 and go to YourRoutine.com to make it even easier, I've added the link to yourroutine.com in the show notes, so just click on the show notes for this episode, click on the link to yourroutine.com and don't forget to use code SHANEWHITE30. All right guys, today's episode is also brought to you by brought to you. It's brought to you by NeuroRoast. Again, I'm going to go a little off script here. NeuroRoast is a product that I also came across during this year of 2023. They are a a coffee brand, coffee company that's helping you optimize your brain function and overall well-being. This is another product that, to be honest with you, when I first started working with it, I was a little on the fence. I was like, do I really want to have mushrooms in my coffee? Well, folks, I will tell you, when I use NeuroRoast, one of the things that has stood out to me the most is in, well, I'll back up. People that know me know that I have way too much caffeine, typically. One of the things this year I've done a good job of is cutting out alcohol. Not completely, but predominantly i don't touch a lot of alcohol anymore what i think i've actually done the other way though is added a lot more caffeine so i don't i do definitely drink too much caffeine that's something i need to work on next year is to try to minimize how much of that but neural is something that has actually helped me because of the way they've formulated their coffee like unlike regular coffee which is you know still something i consume but neural specifically um doesn't cause jitters or crashes. Mushroom coffee provides a more balance and sustained energy, allowing you to stay focused and productive throughout the day. So the times I do use Neuro Roast, I'll be honest, I, I just don't feel that jittery, like Ugh, I'm jumping out of my chair or standing here at my desk, jumping around feeling. So give Neuro Roast a try. They have some really good flavors. I'll be honest too. The two guys that started Neuro Roast are just really good, really good dudes based out of New York and uh, they're hustling and and hopefully they can they can get some People to try Neuro Roast this holiday season um, by listening to this podcast. So, for you folks who've been on the fence, I'm telling you, it tastes delicious. They've done a fantastic job of making this coffee not only be functional, but taste fantastic. And if you want to try Neuro Roast, you can use code Shane White. So, it's super simple, just Shane White at checkout. Um, you'll also get 30% off. So, if you go to neuroroast.com, and once again, I have added that to the show notes. So just click into the show notes. While you're listening to this episode, you can click on NeuroRoast link directly. Don't forget to use code just Shane White and you'll get 30% off your order. Um, hope you guys love both these products. I'm trying to not only bring you guys products that I use, but that I believe in on the podcast. Um, I'm not taking ad reads for any brands that I don't really believe in. So anyway, hope you guys love both those products, yourroutine.com and neuroroast.com. I've added those links to the show notes. I hope you guys love it, and i got an awesome guest coming up right after this. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Shane White Show. I'm pumped today to have Cedric. We're bet on the podcast from Saucebox. Sauce
1: Box. That's a mouthful. I haven't, I haven't yeah. said it out loud. Cedric, <laughs> welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on and um, and reaching out when uh, when you saw Saucebox on LinkedIn. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I, right before we hit record, I was explaining to you that um, I saw it from uh, Sean, who's also been on this podcast before. The founder of Dude Wipes. He he yeah. purchased your product uh, as part of something. I, I think it's such a cool idea. He buys a bunch of people's um, products, food, beverage, whatever it may be, uh, before the holidays instead of buying, you know, typical gifts that maybe people would gravitate towards. He tries to help entrepreneurs right. and startups, which is really cool. And then he always talks about them online. So that is how I found the product. Um, yep. For everyone listening who has no idea what Saucebox is, could you give everyone a quick overview of you and the product?
1: Yeah, for sure. So Saucebox is... Uh, My rendition on what a sauce cup should be, specifically in the world of chicken wings, Um, if you're an avid wing guy, kind of like I am, or, or, you know, just a social foodie, uh, this cup, in my opinion, is the... Best revision on the current sauce cup that is out there. Instead of dipping everything, uh, such as wings, from the top, you can actually dip it from the side and get sauce where it matters. Instead of uh, you know bothering your waitress or waiter a <laughs> hundred times to keep getting more sauce cups because you've wasted a ton uh, by dipping your your wing inefficiently. You I know?
0: when I saw the product and Sean was reviewing it, it, it's one of those products where, and I'm sure you've gotten this a lot, is just. Yeah. What a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? Um, yeah, I have wings all the time. So I was like, <laughs> what a brilliant idea. And I think the day I saw it, me and my wife literally had gotten, I can't remember what restaurant, but we had actually had wings. And I was going through the same thing where I had like an extra thing of ranch because I always, there's just, like a bunch at the bottom you just never can get to. Right. Um, right. So that was just so funny timing that I saw. It. Um, I'm assuming it's, you know, the the, the background and story behind it must have been what I just went through. But was there a specific moment where you all of a sudden were like, what the hell, I don't, I'm not going to keep doing this. I want to try to create something because it's always a big leap as we talk about in this podcast a lot going from, oh, yeah, I've experienced something similar to actually being the person to go
1: get the physical product, create the product and bring it to market. So what was that like for you? Yeah, you know, um, I think it was a similar story, but, but if you talk to my wife, uh, I'm a very like, dramatic person, right? So like I wear my heart on my sleeve and I'm, I'm like sitting there with this wing cup and I'm just... <laughs> getting heated at it and I'm like this, there's got to be a better way um and then I just created it like right on the spot and this was in like the depth of covid and I oh, had no okay. other option but to just m- make it because we were stuck in our house <laughs> and so um there's we have all these pictures and we have a really cool shadow box too like, the first ever sauce box was cut from a diet pepsi can oh you um, just
0: did this yourself
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I cut it out of a Diet Pepsi can. I showed it to my wife. She was like, whoa, that's, I can kind of see where you're going, but that's not a very good mock-up. And so then, you know, I got an old box and I cut it out of, uh, out of cardboard and taped it up and, and made it pretty legit. And we, we sent that cardboard mock-up to a 3D printer oh. and had them print it the exact way that we sent it to them. Um, and then that was, that was the start. We sent that off to somebody to draw it specifically like in a CAD design. And then we sent that to a, a manufacturer and got it, got so it stamped out.
0: And in that, even that right there, that, that feels like a huge leap for most people. Um, yeah. when you're thinking about when you're okay, let's say we, the first step when you're built, making it out of the, the can, and then you decide to gravitate to the next thing and turn it into something out of cardboard. At that sure. point, were you thinking this could be a business, or were you just being like, "I want this for me"?
1: Um, I, you know, in in your opinion, like, or, or, to your point, I guess like my opinion of the whole thing was like, I can create this for me. But if I'm having this problem, there's got to be millions of people having this problem. Sure. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to think that I am not uh, unreasonable in the way that we are traditionally uh, accustomed to dipping our chicken wings. <laughs> so, right. I was like, why don't we just try it? There's the only thing that could happen is that it fails. And then we have a cool story behind it. So that's got what we it. did that makes sense
0: and then when you when you sent off to a 3d printer i always love to really dive deep into this Mm -hmm. zero to one how did you even go about that were you just like googling 3d printers near me like how did you figure out where to even send that off to
1: yeah i exactly what you just said i just googled people near me because i knew that um and I'd, i'd love to expand on this actually too when you're dealing in the realm of the unknown like such as this cup it is so unfamiliar that I thought it would be beneficial to actually be able to go and talk to the people uh, and explain exactly what we need and exactly what we want. That makes sense. Versus like like,
0: go like when you probably everyone that's listening has probably heard of people going like importing from China, for example, and trying to get a product cheaper overseas. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we actually did that with our first, with our first round. So uh, and then we messed it up and I had to redo it because of that gap. In, in communication, like when you're doing things in the realm of the unknown that people won't have any reference point off of, mm-hmm. if there's anything in the CAD drawing, the 3D printing that you as a, as a young entrepreneur don't think about, the manufacturers and the people that are making this, they're not going to hold your hand, right? They're going to make what you give them. And so when we got the first... Uh, revision of the metal like the stainless steel cups they didn't stack oh and okay. i was like i h- how did this not stack like what what's going on and went back to the cad drawings and we had the angles correct on the long side but we didn't we had them vertical on the like 90 degrees on the short side like where the cutouts were and mean a small little thing yeah and I'm not I'm not like an engineer it's like my profession was never like engineering or anything like that so I just it didn't click with me until we messed it up (laughs) yeah yeah and
0: what well for people listening who maybe are were thinking the same thing I was at first what what's the importance of them stacking just because you can so you can have multiple in your pantry
1: yes and I think it's a convenience thing uh which which actually leads me to a question that that we that I talked to somebody about today who was asking me about saucebox. it's when I created this product, like I was like, you know it can we clean it very easily? Can it stack? Can it function like the the next best alternative but just be better? Hmm. so we did you know super thick stainless steel, we had it brushed finished, you know made a super high quality product um and I think that I should have really started more on the uh volume game and made mm. them maybe out of plastic before like a super quality heavy duty uh cup because now we have a bunch of cups and now we're we're breaking into to a realm of the unknown and educating people but with a little bit higher price point. And I think to get people to try something, it would be better to be at a slightly lower price point uh than we are currently got it because how much do they cost today so right now they're 1850 and then if you buy two you get free shipping okay got it yeah. nice okay yeah, yeah that makes we, sense
0: so if you would have come out with plastic it could have probably been you know yeah a, a pretty decently decent clip yeah. cheaper than that
1: we do have them um, we have sets of two for sale but okay. interestingly enough no one bought the set of two hmm okay like a hundred percent of our orders were sets of one really? <laughs> or, okay. or sorry sets of, sets of four like, there's nobody out there that just has just two wants people? two. <laughs> oh that's kind of funny did you yeah. ever figure out why or ever have a hunch no no i, I just kind of took it down because i thought that you know if people didn't really want it then it was more or less like a distraction on the site and so right of just giving oh people that's really interesting <laughs> okay yeah. huh you must yep. just
0: have some true wing connoisseurs that are, that are purchasing this product Then you must have, you know what I mean? Like people who must have a group of people or something. That's funny. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. I want to so give it away. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Right. 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 So you send this off for 3d printing. Um, mm-hmm. You have some issues. You keep working through them at this point what's what's your life like are you all of a sudden like hey i think this could be a big business like i'm gonna quit my job like if you're curious i'm sure everyone's listening would be so curious that like a product like this what's so interesting is it's something that probably a million people have at one point been like what i have today sucks but they never took the intuition to go and make it you did um what's it like when you get the 3d printed object back what happens then are you like i need to launch a website what are some of the steps that you took immediately to try to get this out there? And, and what were you trying to do?
1: Um, the the very first step that I took was uh, I actually called a patent attorney and I oh, sent it smart. to them. And because I was like, okay, I'm going to try and disrupt an industry product that has been a staple for as long as I've been alive. I've never known any other cup that, other than the Circle Cup.
0: Did, did you no, look for at first, too? Like, did you go on Amazon and try to search for this and Google and yeah. try to search for this? Did you do all that before you did your own?
1: Yep, yep. yep. And there, there's a couple different revisions of, like, a wing cup out there. Uh, but I just felt pretty strongly about mine. And we can get into the, the alternative uses sure. a little bit later, too, okay. because it goes far beyond wings. But I was like, you know, if this really goes somewhere, I should have it patented. Mm-hmm. And then we got the patent. We got four patents oh, actually idea. on the cups. So on multiple different facets of the cups, which I did not think that we were going to do, we got that. And I'm glad that we did because one of the questions in the patent process is, like, have you released it to the public? Oh. And I don't know if that is a deal breaker or not, you know, in, in, or what that, that limit is. I know, I think it's like, if you're, and I'm not an attorney, so I, I'm not confident on this, but I think it's like if you're over a year, like if it's been to into the public eye for over a year, you can't apply for the patent or something like that.
0: Oh, because at that point, um, people could have run and done their own iterations yeah. that they're going to patent. Interesting. So it's actually yeah. more advantageous to do it before you launch it.
1: Very much. Very much. If If you guys are doing anything or the listeners are doing anything, it's the two three hundred bucks that it's going to take you to call an attorney if they charge for the consultation is going to pay you dividends if you actually have something that's patentable um, because if you don't do it and you are unable to patent it and it gets taken you're sunk. Well, it's <laughs> funny that was be my next <laughs> question is it
0: was this like hundreds thousands ten thousand how much does it cost to get something
1: patented no it's, it's actually really not that much i think uh 6 to 10,000 for four okay. different patents and that that's all the way from from you have to pay for the patents the time that the lawyers do it filing fees like there's just a bunch of little costs that that's end up like adding
0: up that's like all baked in you with yeah. your patent in hand or four
1: patents in hand mm-hmm. okay yes so yep. what are the so four that's... things you got patented so we got the uh the overall design of the cup patented which is super cool um we have a design with only one cutout patented so hmm. like you know we we were like what if people only want one then we got to pivot yeah um then on recommendation from the lawyers we got uh the corners and the different um corner combinations if you will patented so okay so i guess you know when when you start getting into design patents um they're they're very tricky, right? Because if you can make a design that is reasonably different than somebody else's design, I guess that is technically your intellectual property. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So we went through like all you know all the different revisions that could possibly be revised, um, and and applied for those to see how many how much we could get uh, really from it. So
0: very cool. Well, good yeah. for you. So that was that was early on. Did you have that before you even decided to launch your own website?
1: Yes. So I guess like how that works is like you can be patent pending and yeah. then you still have all the rights like as as assuming that you're going to be granted the patent. Got it. OK.
0: So if someone if someone did copy you during that process, technically, you could kind of go after them even while it's pending.
1: Um, I'm not I believe so, but not I'm asking you a like, question, go... so I apologize. Yeah. You're like, I yeah, don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't know, like the intricacy of that, because yeah. I think. I think where it comes down to is the filing date, like it would, at that point, it would kind of have to be like, will you show me your cards? I'm going to show you mine. <laughs> sure. Why, you know? yeah. 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 I could <laughs>
0: actually maybe open the door for more issues versus yeah. saving you.
1: Right. So, you know, it, it is what it is and, um, I'm glad that we didn't have to go through that. If for cool. sure yeah, yeah
0: no doubt so you so you get some patents wow that's a, first of all four patents that's that's cool i mean i just haven't yeah. i haven't heard of very many folks that have done that especially on this podcast so you get four patents um and then was the website the first place you guys actually launched for sale or did you do anything in person how where did you sell this at first
1: uh at first we posted it on facebook um for hmm. kind of a uh you know, like friends and family. Hey, if you like this, like we're going to pre-sale it. We posted it on a barbecue uh, Facebook community post. Um, and we ended up selling the first like, 500 units that we had. Uh, I, I just decided to call the manufacturer and get them flown in uh, so that we could sell it for Christmas last year. Oh, okay. And, so uh, wait, when did
0: you launch this? When did you do the Facebook posts and all this? So, all we a year ago?
1: Did a, yeah, like last October, November. Okay. Yeah, um, so it's been a little over a year. Yep. And, and in between that, we actually ended up bringing the entire offer back down. So mm. we were selling and we were bubble wrapping the sets of four and just sending them out. And okay, you know, as as you grow through your entrepreneurial journey, you'll start to look at the way that you're doing things and like how you're portrayed or how your brand is portrayed, if you will. Sure. And I was like this just doesn't look very nice, you know? (laughs) Like
0: someone's paying for a nice premium product that's engineered and well thought and then it doesn't look very good when you get it in person.
1: Right, right. So we ended up pulling everything back. Uh, We went and hooked up with a really awesome small packaging supplier here in the Carolinas called Morset Packaging. And they crushed the, the packaging design. And part of that process, which is, What I was very thankful for was they were kind of hearing me out in terms of like, how do we educate people on what this cup does and and Mm. how it, how it does things. And I started saying, you know, a lot of different ideas of how our current customers are using it. So one customer sent us a picture of, they had their chopsticks resting in both of the cutouts and the soy sauce in the bottom of the cup when they were eating sushi. So we put that on the back. Um, i saw that on your website and i was like oh that's yeah.
0: that's a smart use for this
1: yeah um we had some more that that talked about like chocolate covered strawberries like how'd it be perfect to like roll a chocolate covered strawberry in. um we had another customer send us a picture at an oyster roast where they had the utensil like the spoon sitting in the cup so that it didn't get you know the the sauce uh cocktail sauce all over the table yeah and so like, the way that it's it's like organically like morphing itself into completely different uses than it was supposed to is super cool to see,
0: well, and I would tell you too, cedric that the the name you picked was smart, and I don't know if that was on purpose or you know by luck a little bit because, like you mentioned, something that directly correlated to wings, it probably from a marketing perspective maybe would have like cornered you a little bit more,
1: yeah. That's, it's a great call out because we had, we had that same conversation when we were going through it. So I'm kind of a dreamer on that side and, and we're, we called it wing caddy like that. Mm. And that was going to be the company name. And I was like, you know, we do this, 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 and all this. And somebody's like, well, what if you launch a sauce? You're just going to call it wing sauce. Like, how are you going to get around like your brand name? Yeah. Um, and that was one of my close friends that said that. And I was like, you're right. We can't do that. We gotta come up with like now a parent company name. So we came up with Saucebox. Uh and that was that was a community post that was fun on on Facebook and Instagram where we listed uh three different names. We had Sauce Hoss, Saucebox, and American Wingpin. Uh, okay, like a I love spin it. on the movie, yeah, American yeah. Kingpin. And uh, that was that was part that was one of my college friends and uh, my collaboration. And it got absolutely destroyed on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, really? Like, nobody nobody no one wanted it. that one. <laughs> yeah, so. I think
0: SauceBox was the move. I think you landed yeah. on the right one. That's fun. I mean, it's smart, though, to use because it's probably a lesson in there. That, that was a funny, funny little aside. But like in reality, that really is probably a really good lesson uh, for anyone listening when you're launching. It sounds like Cedric, you did a really good job of kind of a like Pulsing things out through social channels, trying to get feedback
1: and reiterating. Yes. I think that we did that because we weren't 100% sold that this was a good idea at the mm-hmm. point of, you know, and so we were really trying to socially like validate the idea as we were building it. Like, we were building the plane in flight, if you will.
0: Sure. Yeah. 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 So. That's really interesting. So you you're you're iterating. You launch. uh, It sounds like the launch went well. What? How did it go once you guys actually launched your website? Once it was more like I would call it like public.
1: It went all right. So it's there's a lot of things that I wish I would have done better Mm. uh, throughout this entire journey. And I think you know this is it's my first like big entrepreneurial lift. And I think that I learned so much in the last year on really how to bring a product to market. You know, it's, it's the classic story of like, I was like, man, if I just build this, people are going to see it and they're going to love it. And Mm -hmm. then after we started creating it and doing it, you're fighting through so much noise on all the different social channels. You're fighting through so much noise in everybody's life and to bring a product into The market that is more of a convenience and not a necessity, you got to double down on that, right? You got to double down on like making it fun. You got to double down on, on having something that is easily recognizable and that they can understand the need. And what we aim for is like three seconds or less with the packaging. And so, you know, the the packaging here, like on the top, as it sits on a shelf. People see sauce box and then they'll be able to recognize like on the very top what it is. And then we have some branding uh, and then we just have different instructions like on the back too. Oh,
0: I love that. So you, you guys did a really good job of really maximizing the real estate on that.
1: Yes. And that that's all within where we fell short in the early launch process of not being able to educate and getting people to purchase. But now when people see it, they can make that connection through a visual cue Mm -hmm. with, you know, with the drawing instead of them having to try and connect themselves to it and understand it. And so now it gets, it brings more excitement.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And so you, okay, that's, that's wild. I'm, I'm I'm trying to think back So launching on a, on website for you at that point, it sounds like you got some traction. I mean, you can tell from seeing it if yeah. everyone was watching, depends if you were watching or not. Uh, Cedric just threw up the the packaging and it's really well thought out. When you guys launch and you start getting some traction, whether it was what you thought it would be or not, at this point, are you, do you still have like a full-time job? Are you still doing anything else on the side? Is, is Saucebox your main focus? I'm always curious when people make the leap to try to launch something, what else is going on in their life?
1: Yes, so at this point I did have a full-time job. I was managing operations at Amazon. Oh, okay. Um yeah, so through a couple months um I had also talked to some friends who decided to take a different career path out of Amazon and um you know, kind of my comfort zone being data and 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 modeling. I ended up leaving Amazon too and doing more of my expertise which is in uh Data aggregation or data collection okay. and modeling for uh, real estate, small business, different things like that. And while working on Softbox too, so we decided, my wife and I decided that if we don't take the leap and try, um, we will never give it a full effort. Right. And so, so we decided, let's take the leap. Let's do it. Uh, we just ordered um, two cases of the disposable plastic with lids. So those are going to be coming in. We're going to send those out to restaurants see if we can't drum up some demand there.
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To try. And and we believe that that will also help with more of our direct-to-consumer branding, right? Because as consumers are out in the marketplace and they're using or eating at their favorite wing shops, um, or different places that adopt and you know and they're and they're interacting with our product and then they go on to see now they're they're an informed buyer. So they know what they're looking for and they're like, oh wow, you know, they they have a stainless steel version which is very nice quality. We can have that for the house.
0: Yeah, right? okay. And not just sure. something
1: like that. So we're trying to Uh, to pivot in a little bit of a way to help with that education piece so that so that consumers or customers are a little bit more familiar with the cup and how it behaves so that when they see it online or or in retail stores or something like that they can just go ahead and make
0: i I feel like this could be a really uh viral like tiktok sensation where you have people going into like buffalo wild wings and like Hitting off the shitty plastic circular cups and then drop your (laughs) sauce box. I think I think we have a whole idea. We gotta we gotta brainstorm offline. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's you know, it's really interesting. Um we pitched Buffalo Wild Wings. Like, oh did you I was gonna say that would be such a perfect, obvious fit. The, The first two or three months that we had the cup, I drove to Atlanta, which is two and a half hours from me, and I pitched Inspire Brands on it. Oh, cool. And they it did not make their priorities list for 2023 and i th- okay. and i believe that it was because we were stainless and that would be a big lift so we It'd probably would be expensive have to convert, for them yeah right? super expensive yeah you'd have to convert 1300 stores almost to full stainless and that might put more pressure on their kitchen now that they have to wash you know all these cups and do stuff like that and so sure. I'm really hoping that they give us like a second try when yeah. we get you know when we get the uh the disposable plastic with lids in because I think that'd be super cool uh a super cool you know organic story about just creating the wing cup going up right there and, yeah and yeah well, well, it, hey if they're listening know. to
0: this it's funny that you 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 uh you never know we've had we've actually had people I I interview a lot of food and beverage brands because my background is in food and beverage yeah. and uh we've had some buyers listen to this podcast and actually get retail meetings from it so you never know
1: oh i love that yeah 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 you hit never know <laughs> exactly there we go well, cedric's <laughs> info will me. be in the
0: show notes <laughs> yeah. that's really interesting yeah because i can imagine like all of the major like you know, Wingstop, hooters yeah. buffalo wild wings all of those places i mean doesn't uh doesn't hooters use for some reason i feel like they do use metal Like a metal, one of them. I thought one of the other wing places I'm thinking of that I've been to uses some sort of metal cups instead of plastic. I could be totally wrong. You would know better than me.
1: I, you know, it's it's interesting you ask that because I asked that same question six months ago. I saw Buffalo Wild Wings release a commercial and they had the metal cup in the commercial, and I was like, I was gonna say, I feel like I metal cups. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I feel like I've seen this somewhere. Now that I'm I'm thinking about it, now I'm gonna be all over it, Cedric. It's not like they' I can't find them anywhere. So I'm like, maybe they're not. Maybe it's just like a commercial prop. You could but, totally see
0: them doing that in a commercial, just to look a little bit more, uh, like uh, pro Earth or whatever the hell you want to call yeah. it.
1: <laughs> well, now we're just we gotta send it to them. Yeah, um, we got to. Yeah. And, go. and just and just get them to trial it out. I think, I think that's I think it's gonna go uh, on the on the commercial side because I think that you know I, I like to I like to. To equate this in a way to the Popeyes versus Chick fil A chicken sandwich marketing push from Popeyes, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. You release like a new wing cup on a marketing play. It's almost, you know, people are going to be like, hold on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For For real? And they're going to yeah. have to go and, like, try it out, you know? So it's, like... A hundred percent. It's, like, it's definitely something
0: that it's not just marketing. It's something, as a consumer, you could, like... You'll, you'll be able to try it, and it'll change your experience, which is
1: so cool. Which is why I wanted yeah. to have you on. I'm like, this is actually really smart and really interesting For sure. business. We, we have people all the time. I, I, I had somebody the other day tell me that they were so tired of using the circular cups, they took the sauce box to the restaurant. <laughs> that and, is And it, it just that had is it devotion. on their table. That is like, dedication. I love it. I like, that, that's a consumer incredible. that you got to make sure you,
0: you stay, you just keep giving them new product and, and make sure you're on their, you know, on their yeah. their favorite list.
1: Right. Well, it's, I was like, man, you know, I thought, I thought I was the only one that had done that. Cause I did it for like content reasons. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. People, you know, it's starting to, I think, turn into this. You don't need it until you need it. And you don't know you need it until you have it. And it's just a lot better experience. Um, you know, we get people all the time that they're asking me questions and I send them like a video of how you dip it normally. And then you can lean it on its side because the flat, the, the, the shape of it. Okay. And when the sauce gets low, you can like brush the sauce onto the long side and like just wipe the bottom of like the side of the cup. Oh wow. And so, yeah, so it's the crazy ways that we figured that we can dip this, um, this cup is super cool. And I think it creates, you know, again, a lot of like aha moments where you oh, just that. like, Whoa. Yeah. That's what that's I was crazy. saying. I
0: feel like this could easily become something you start seeing on TikTok and and Instagram yeah. reels. It feels very, it feels ready for a viral moment.
1: <laughs> ready. Yeah. Right?
0: right. Um, so you launch on your website. Did you guys in the first year here, have you pushed to try anywhere else? Like knowing you worked at Amazon, do you guys launch on Amazon or anywhere else like that?
1: So, yes, we launched our website on Shopify, amazing platform, super easy, Uh, launched on Amazon. Um, That's a very tricky game Mm -hmm. to play. and, And, you know, bootstrapping, it, it's a little bit difficult because you can blow an advertising budget very, very quickly on Amazon. But you can also not get in front of the right people. And we've actually found success. Uh, for anybody who has a Amazon store out there, you might already yeah. know this, but I just found it out is changing your product title to something that pertains to the next upcoming holiday or reason, mm, right? Okay. So we put, yeah, like, yeah. Stock, we put stocking stuffer in it this year, like in, in our title. And so, you know, as people did that, it was like searching for stocking stuffers. We would pop up. We're still pretty low ranked because uh, a, a lot of people and my wife, educated me on this. She filters by prime and by five star reviews. So if it's not on prime and not five star reviews, she's not buying. That's on my end too, in the same way. Yeah. So I'm like trying to get the people who are buying on Amazon to give us some reviews so we can build the review section of that. Right. We're we're changing the title to get, you know, more more keyword searching in there. And that's really our two main places. We've decided that I felt that just the volume was not where I wanted it to be. Right. And I just want us to be able to, this is Amazon or as a whole company, just as a whole is like, I really want to give the best effort that I can with that and, and not let the company just continue to underperform and me become disenchanted with it. Right. Mm, Sure. So, quickly like as as i was watching for a couple months and we're doing 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 spending advertising here there amazon shopify it was what it was i was like maybe our formula is wrong i got to go back to the drawing board so we decided to do disposable plastic with lids so now we're going to bring that in and now we're going to push it out to restaurants and see if we can't get a little bit more customer engagement that now when they see the product they're more apt to buy it and or go searching for it and so that's a pivot point that I want to test out to just see if we can't get a little bit more uh, engagement because I think that's the most important part.
0: Love it. I mean, and for any brand that's, you know, D C Amazon, going from, it's going to sound counterintuitive maybe for people listening, but like going to plastic, that's got a lot of benefits from a shipping perspective, economics perspective, especially on Amazon. That's we can talk about it offline, but that's uh, that's actually what I do. So uh, me and my okay. co-founder, we actually started a Amazon non agency agency. So we we <laughs> yeah. we we, we help scale RX Bar, the protein bar yeah. company, and then uh, now we do that for food and beverage and products across Amazon and other e commerce platforms. So I'm intimately involved on Amazon, so I know what you're dealing with. And yeah, switching to sh- I'm sure shipping to plastic. I'm sure you've already figured that out, but that should just that should save you guys so much on FBA fees and and uh, just shipping things more economically and probably hitting some price points that are a little bit more appetizing to consumers to, you know, have habitual, even this product could be a subscription product, I would think, plastic wise.
1: Yeah. And today, you know, when we we were talking about it, again, I was like, we broke into an unknown space, and we Mm -hmm. have to try and educate people. So to want to get people to purchase a product to try it out, you have to be at a price point, which is okay to waste in a way and and i and i say that not that you know that our product is a waste because i do believe that it is uh, honestly way better than the current cup out there but it's such a point where people are like oh i will try that for whatever right and so if it's seven dollars and we sell a sleeve of 50 right or, or that's arbitrary but there's it's seven dollars why shouldn't i try this sure oh yeah yeah. right instead of it being oh if i buy this you know it's it's 18 dollars and it's it's heavy stainless steel now i have a kitchen gadget just in a drawer and i never use it so that's how i wanted to kind of attack that too is can i get a revision of the cup that is at a better price point to where people are more interested in trying it so that they don't feel the pressure of having it and then having to feel that they have to use it if they don't like it.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's like a getting to a price point where it's not this huge mental gymnastics of whether it's worth it or not. <laughs> right. And I'm sure right. for you guys, I keep saying it. I don't know why it's not like I, I know that much about it. But have you guys tried like TikTok Shop or any of those newer selling platforms?
1: We are on TikTok. Uh, I don't do the best job at TikToks, uh, a little bit about me. I wouldn't me. either, just, I, yeah. I'm just an objective person. And uh-huh. so my idea of content is like, I'm just gonna dip the wing in this cup and people will buy it. And that's yeah, that makes all. sense, yeah. It's <laughs> not at all what content is about. You have mm-hmm. to actually you know, have a good thumbnail and you have to hook them and you have to give them that, uh, that brand persona or that brand emotion to yeah. push them into like your product. And that's something that I've really tried to dedicate myself into learning is how do I, how do I bring out people's emotion to a point that can connect them to buy? Yeah. Okay. Right. And I think Sean's really good at it. Oh yeah. And, and He's Dude so Wipes, authentic.
0: And I, right. I mean, I as to say, your product kind of reminds me, it's what I was actually about to say, it reminds me of a similar opportunity where yeah. Dude Wipes is just, I mean, they've built that whole business, it feels like on authenticity and it just they have such a on brand way of communicating the way he talks about it the way he jokes right. about it um you, i feel like you guys could easily do the same thing you guys could even have very similar people who are promoting it it, it just feels like the right. same kind of guy you know that you would expect yeah. to have dude wipes to be the same guy with saucebox just again just my anecdotal <laughs> yeah, perspective right. but um yeah it's a good point well
1: that's you know i i i follow Sean and i watch dude wipes a lot because i do think that they are similar Opportunity bands, and I'm trying to like learn from how that they market in that you know way that every time you look at a piece of their content, you're like smiling or laughing, and yeah, then right. you know you see their product, you're like, hey, you know, I love those guys, I love that product, and so then, we, I mean, we have it here at the house because yeah. we love yeah. their marketing, we love their team, we love the product, and I think that's the couple pieces that I'm missing is that I'm just focused on putting the product out there and, yeah. and getting people to see the product instead of getting people to also enjoy the brand. Right. Yeah, and, and it so feels that's... like
0: with physical products more so than like my world's always it's been for the longest time been food, beverage where it's like, you know, you need people to be buying it, eating it, drinking it mm-hmm. kind of consistently. It seems like for stuff like a sauce box or a dude wipes, it almost feels more important to ha- like capture these viral moments. So like if you can get it into the right hands of somebody. Right. Or like Saucebox. I mean, again, I'm just throwing ideas out here, but you know, you get someone well known to post a picture where their goal wasn't to promote Saucebox, but they're just using it and somehow someone got a picture of that. Dude Wipes right. has done such a good job of that where they get like this these free marketing opportunities where they, you know, screenshot it and then they promote it and it's some, from something yeah. everyone knows. Saucebox feels like you guys are just a moment away from that happening, in my opinion, because um, it's just like people as soon as they lo- they use it, they'll love it. And um, right and again, I haven't tried it, but I'm assuming just from seeing it, Let's, it seems like
1: that. You know, that's what keeps us going. Is whenever we actually get to talk to people who have Saucebox, they love it. Even some of the people who've who've criticized it, it's not that they don't like the idea. It's that they want it like a little bit bigger or a little oh, bit longer. Sure. Yeah. Or yeah or or a different dimension of it. And yeah. so the design is there and people love it. But they're they're you know what which if they have big wings or small wings or or that first interaction, like, oh this needs to be an eighth of an inch wider. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Or or you know, some people were like, oh well, sometimes when I like how I dip my wing if the cup is super full, it comes out of the other cutout of the other side. And then I'm like, man, should we make the the cup with the one cutout instead of the two? But then we have other customers that are like, I love it for chopsticks, or I love it to to put my silverware on, or, or this or that. Or share is like, you know, kind of a, a communal sauce and that has spoons and stuff like that. And so, you know, we, we, we fight all the time uh my wife and I about like how do we pivot this like in the perfect you know sure in the like perfect, perfect way uh, yeah and so we're, we just like go back and forth we're like you know one side of our our audience loves this the other side of our audience loves this maybe we should just keep it the same because it seems that you know we're doing the right thing and so uh I think it's I, classic entrepreneurial stuff yeah, I was
0: going to say it sounds like it. I was, I was going to ask for people listening who maybe are trying to do something similar as far as like where they are in their entrepreneurial journey. Where would you say you guys are? If I were to ask you that question before you just said all that, you know, how much, is there like a level of listening to your customers that's good? And is there a level where maybe it's like too much listening and you kind of just have to put your head down and keep going? Like, I'm sure there's probably like a fine line that you're always
1: trying to find. I think that... You have to listen to your audience to a point where it is not detrimental to your mission. Mm -hmm. Meaning, like, you can't change your product every week. And there are going to be people out there who hate your idea because they hate your idea. And there's nothing you can do about that. But that's also the people who you're not trying to sell to. And that's Mm -hmm. okay, right? Right. And so with Saucebox, there's people out there that don't like it and they think it's stupid. But I don't think it's stupid. And there's a lot of other people that don't think it's stupid because they see the need for it. And those are our customers, but the people who have no need for it, they don't need to buy it. And, And I think that's the beauty of it too, right? Is as you create a product, you don't need to sell it to everyone. And if there are customers who are giving you awesome, valid feedback, definitely listen to them. But if it's things that really don't change the intent and and the materiality of the cup, then maybe just put that one to the side, right? Like the, the review that we got that said, you know, it needed to be like an eighth of an inch wider. I wrote that one down. Hey, maybe on the next revision or the next cup, if we make it out of a different material, I'll make it an eighth of an inch wider. Mm-hmm. But it is—it's right. no. That's not enough of a reason, in my opinion, to completely redo our stamping molds. Completely give up on on what we have right now, you know, because it's—it's it's just that's a perfect world scenario. So that's sure. Saucebox two point right? We're on one yeah. 0 right now. So. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. So, so it seems like you guys, you know, you've got some traction. You obviously are, like you said, you're at 1.0, which I always find is so fun to have you on the podcast because you've kind of gotten through enough where you obviously have some product market fit. You've got some validation, but like the, the ceiling is so far away, I'm sure for you guys. And you, I'm sure you feel that. Uh, what For everyone listening today, what is what's on Cedric's plate as far as, you know, big three for 2024 like if we were to do this podcast a year from now what are you what are some of the big things you're hoping to accomplish in the next year for Saucebox?
1: yeah so next year for Saucebox, um i really want to do two th- th- three, three big things two that i'm i'm actively pushing for right now uh bringing in the disposable plastic would love to get you know some restaurants that demand generating that should be here you know first week in january those two cases i'm thinking that we should have probably three to four hundred cups and i want to take that split it into five sleeves of five and send it out to 100 200 restaurants to see or see if they can whatever it will hold see if they want some nice second thing is love to lock down you know our first Retailer, we had the awesome opportunity to go to Walmart's open call. Such cool. an incredible, yeah, event. They gave us some homework. Uh, we got back to them with the homework, and so we're hoping, you know, in 2024, that uh, we wrap that up and get to test. And so that's that's another big thing for us. And then the third thing that I would love to try because I think it it will be a really cool collaboration is to get with a sauce or a seasoning and we just do a nice collaboration box. Right. And, and makes so it much out. sense. What would, if, I mean, if anyone's, again,
0: if anyone's listening, what would be like one or two sauce brands that you would love to partner with?
1: So there's, there's, there's three that I would really love to, to get on board with. Um, one is, is Lola's. And if you haven't tried it, definitely try it. Uh, it's an amazing sauce. I uh, met the owner at Walmart Open have been called two. So that was awesome to oh, do. Oh, cool. I've never heard of that um, one. Yep. And the next one is like a Kinder's, uh, just because they have a massive brand presence. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that that would be a really cool one. And I love their packaging. And the third one is Dano's, is because I just felt like that they were like such an overnight success. Yeah. That I was like, wow, like that would be cool to partner with them. Uh, and then also, you know, you have, you have the, uh, like the, the, the massive sauce brands. So like yeah. the, the hidden valleys that would be incredible to run like a ranch, um, collaboration, you know, with the cup, uh, or, or, or yeah, trough just got, you know, I was gonna a, say Truff. that was the one I massive had in my mind. investment yeah. Yeah, from, uh, from the Kardashian side, which is super cool. Um, yeah, there's, there's a ton of sauces out there that I'd, I'd love to that I love that are in my fridge that I would accept the collaboration from any of them. Hell yeah, for sure. Well, there you go, man.
0: Hopefully someone hears this and, uh, you can get one. That makes so much sense to me. Like that would be such an organic way to, to try it. Um, you know, it's one thing I, I talk about a lot and so does my, my co-founder, uh, be cool if more brands try to do that even on amazon like try to launch like a a combined product you know on the back they can figure out how they like split everything up but right um that's one that you just like it's never i don't really have ever think i've ever seen it done like some people do it on d2c for sure but um really cool that's that's a that's a really great goal i have a feeling walmart's gonna come back with some positive news um this seems like a really interesting opportunity for them and to be honest most brands i talk to i actually say the opposite where i'm like walmart's probably not going to be your perfect consumer but i don't know i could see this being like you know sauces sauce boxes like the cup i feel like that actually could probably have some pretty healthy velocities at walmart
1: yeah yeah i think so and and i think walmart would have the you, you know a very good offering in terms of being able to like let's say we just trialed it in in South Carolina where I'm at, you know, we could get nice economies of scale and Mm. drop the price point on like a good reusable plastic. And I think that would be perfect too, right? Right. Is, is we have, we can run, you know, some, some of the the stainless in there and which I think would do very well in the, in the kitchen goods side too. Uh, But also too, you know, maybe we just do reusable plastics or the plastic sleeves by the by the sauces and and hopefully they'll uh they'll see that i you know the the merchants that i met with are awesome like all of them were super awesome Um uh, they enjoyed the idea they loved the idea right but like any business it's got to be perfect for them as it does for sure. for us and so yeah. um i know that they're working on their due diligence and they do a ton of planning and in, in their their respective sectors of the store. So it's not a short process, but we didn't get a no. Um, and when I went, I actually talked to the Dude Wipes team, the Lola's team, and the University of Arkansas at Open Call. I had a, a brief break in between my meetings trying to brush up on some of my skills uh, and presentation. And they were all like, just do it, you know, do it the same way, maybe add a tweak here or there, but you didn't get a no. Like if you got a no, I would say change it, but you didn't. And so that's still a huge success.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh, hell yeah, man. Congratulations on that. That's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So for everyone
0: listening, uh, they know this, but Cedric, I love to kind of wind it down the podcast with a couple questions that I'm excited yeah. to hear from you. Um, the first one is just, so, you know, being, being a founder of a brand, you obviously have a million different things going on. I saw on your website too and you mentioned obviously you're married, you have a little ones, so there's a lot going on in your life. Um, mm-hmm. What tools do you put around you to, you know, Create yearly goals, whether it's even longer than that, all the way down to like getting shit done today. And what's most important for Cedric and Saucebox? Are you a pen and paper guy, a planner guy? Do you have some apps? Just what do you use to get shit done?
1: Yeah, so um, it's an amazing question. I'm actually really glad that you asked it. So i I'm a huge pen and paper guy um, and planner guy. So, uh, and and I follow two key figures that, that I really enjoy in terms of day-to-day operations. And one is, is Grant Cardone for more of my mind framework. How do I look at big goals and how do I approach big goals and setting big goals and, and daily, daily goals, if you will. And then another one that I think is more of a tactician that I really key into. And I make sure that I'm, you know, writing down and and rereading and rereading uh the books to get everything is alex Hormozzi. so i am massive on those two i listen to both of those two every day and i follow you know grant in terms of shifting my mind and my frameworks to achieve big things and then i follow alex to hone in all of my little skills and and read everything that he's doing and and trying to mirror that and just making it as simple as possible. He also talks a lot about, uh, Alex, he talks a lot about what what you need to do today. And a lot of it is you need to do what is required. And so regardless of what's going on, like if something is required to do to move on, you get, just got to do it. And so that's kind of how I do my day-to-day. Is there things that I know that I have to do? Yes. Then, it's not done until you do them. Right. And then for the big stuff, it's, you know, writing down goals that are far beyond what I actually believe is possible. Um, and that's from the Cardone or the 10 X side. And it's because, you know, even if you don't reach that, where will you be if you're always aiming to get there? Um, so I do that. Uh, I write everything down on a law pad. I have probably 20 of them, and I write it down for more memory than I do uh, to go back and revisit. And okay. so it's like it's just a massive stack of law pads that I like yeah, to jot yeah, yeah. down. Okay, so, love it. Yeah.
0: I, I hadn't heard of uh, I, Alex, what's his last name again? Hormozy. I, okay, I'm Hormozy. sure I've seen him at some point, but I've actually never heard of him. I know Grant Cardone, so I'll have to follow up and listen to his, some of his stuff. That's really cool. Yep. Yep. So, and, so, and then so the process, as far as the process goes, it's it's all on legal paper. Do you find that there's benefit to having it on paper versus, you know, you said you're you're a data guy like me, so like versus like an Excel sheet or a Google sheet or something digital?
1: I I like to have my stuff on paper because I feel that it sometimes gives me a break from the screen and when I'm looking at data. Uh, you know, for for the other side of the business, it's all screen time. And I'm looking at numbers all the time, all the time, all the time. And I yeah. feel that when I can get away from that, that it helps, you know, just give me a break a little bit. And so mm-hmm. that's why I do that. And I'm also, the best way that I learn is I do. And the best way that I remember is doing. So when I need to remember something or I need to learn something, I write it down because the motion of of that just helps me learn it. And I've always been that way, I guess.
0: Love it. Yeah. 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 I, I've, I, every time I've like dabbled kind of back into an app or technology, I always run back to my physical planner <laughs> there. It's so funny. Like, even as like my business has grown and I feel like I've gotten more busier, obviously like I'm a dad too. Uh, it's funny how like just going back to pen and paper almost like grounds you and just like, yeah. okay, you, dumbass, you can't do it all in one day. Like the, the app <laughs> makes me feel like I should be able to do. Like what's actually important. Get it done today. <laughs> uh, I know for me, it's like, it's like a constant push and pull that I have to like, just stick with stick with the pen and paper. It's, it's, it's there. It's going to work.
1: Yeah. I'll be honest too. Like, um, it makes me feel like shit when I don't cross everything off on my list. You know what I mean? Same. Like, Oh yeah. The list like nags at me the longer mm-hmm. I let it like sit there. And so yeah. I'm a big, like, yeah, 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 it off. There's something work. for
0: me too. Uh, I use something called a full focus planner. Um, again, not getting into the weeds. It's, it's, it's like you set up your yearly goals and then you have like a weekly big three. So it kind of makes you be like, okay, like this, this week, what are three big things that help me get one step closer? And then you have the same thing every day. And so for me, it's funny, like getting towards the end of the day, or if I'm working at night, I'm looking, I'm like, I don't want to have to rewrite this tomorrow, but it's important enough that I would have to rewrite it tomorrow. So it's either like, knock it out now, or you know what I mean? It's (laughs) even something as small as that, whereas like, With tech, you just drag it or copy it over. Uh, There's something about writing it down. I think you just get more stuff done in general. Um, The next question, Cedric, is source of knowledge. So you mentioned two two guys that obviously deploy a ton of knowledge. But if you've read, listened, or watched anything specifically recently that you want to share with the audience today, could you do that now? So basically like a book, a podcast, an article, anything that you think is worth mentioning and sharing as a source of
1: knowledge. Yeah, for sure, and and I would say this really like, and and I I mean this a hundred percent because I don't read books, and I have read uh, Alex Formosi's hundred million dollar offers and hundred million dollar leads twice through each, and I'm going back through some of the larger uh, Grant Cardone books like larger mindset ones, and it's because I really do believe that. W- if if you're a small business owner and or you're just in, like in your in your career in your job, making sure that you have the right framework to further exceed whatever your goals are or believe that you can exceed your goals is massively important. And in a lot of the even the Alex Hormozzi books, which are more like the tactician books for mm-hmm. uh for creating an offer and and finding leads, there's stuff in there that that breaks it down to the fundamentals and the stuff that you have to do just to succeed and so you know one of the my most favorite pages in one of the books is where he he explains that he was going through a trial and somebody's like you got to trial this out and he sent out 300 mailers like put 300 mailers on windshield wipers okay and he got one lead back and the lead came back that you know, it, he actually scratched the guy's car, but he immediately hung up the phone or the guy said that he scratched his car. Well, he called his mentor. was like, it didn't work. Like that doesn't work. His mentor was like, well, how many people did you test with? And he said, 300. And the guy started laughing and was like, do we test with 5,000. Yeah. And, and like, then if it's successful 1%, we do 5,000 every day for the next X days. And I think if you boil that back, to the fundamentals of that is it takes a lot of effort to be successful and people just give up too early. Yeah. And I, I think love that. that, that those two guys, those books, um, and, and, you know, the Grant Cardone books and the Alex from books really helped me get beyond that level of this is where most people stop. And if I can just keep going, I'm better off.
0: Love that. Love that. And I'm gonna have to get both those books. Um, the Alex one sounds really interesting to me too. Yeah, uh, that's that's a guy. I'm surprised I haven't I haven't been sucked into his world yet. Yeah. Um, very cool. Well, thank you, Cedric. And and the last question, most important question, is yes. people listening, how can they get a hold of you fo- or just follow your story? And most importantly, how can they try Saucebox and, and get that in their home?
1: Yes. So, uh, Cedric Corbett on LinkedIn. I'm pretty sure my cell phone number's on there. Give me a call. Um, any of our socials, uh, I think it's underscore the saucebox on on Instagram and Facebook page, you can find us there. Our website is git-saucebox.com. Uh I am plugged into all of those sites. If you want to hit me up, feel free at my numbers on all the sites too. Uh shoot me a text, shoot me a call. I'll do my best to to answer it right away sometimes. Um I don't answer calls and so just shoot me a text. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Uh if you just want to say, hey, DM us, text me. <laughs> you know, anything. Love it. Really. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> you're you're the
0: second person in a row that's thrown out the uh, the cell phone number on the podcast. I'm always like, that's that that's when you know someone is is a hundred percent invested in what they're building. Um you do you know what RX Bar is, the brand? The yeah. protein oh, bar yeah. company. Okay, so it was funny. That's something I always I always like to tell people when they when they go back and forth on that whether they should do it or not. I'm like Peter had his. So Peter was one of the two co founders of RX Bar. He had his number on that packaging. I know when I joined in 2017, right before they sold to Kellogg, he had just switched it off. So he had had it for like four or five years and was like, yep. for the most part, had been taking you know all that communication. It goes a long way. It obviously, if you can reach out and talk to the founder of a company, I would. I challenge yep. most people who are starting something to think about doing that.
1: No, I I put it on there because, you know, when when you're early on, when you're when you're in the early stages of your company, too, there's nobody that knows your company better than you do. Right. And a piece of that is also your passion for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody speaks to you and they can hear it and, and, and you just handle the communication, I think that goes right. that goes a long way. People like to do business with people.
0: One hundred percent, man. One hundred percent.
1: Love it, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show.
0: Thanks for telling your story. Really, really excited to uh, see where you go from here. And uh, I'm definitely gonna have to grab one. And uh, yeah. I have wings all the time, like I said. So I'm I'm fired up to try this out.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And uh, definitely, definitely let us know how you feel about it. And stay in touch. And hopefully uh, next year, when we knock out all three of those goals, we'll, uh, we'll talk I was gonna things. say we'll
0: circle back, and I'll have yeah. I'm gonna have them written down over here. I'm gonna ask you how they went.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love
0: it. Love, love it. it, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Alright, I'll talk to you.